We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. As always, this uh, broadcast podcast is brought to you by Dynasty Owner, uh, among many other of our fine sponsors. But uh, thank you, Dynasty Owner. That leading news item today is Kenyon Drake was spotted in a walking boot uh, before practice uh, today, Chris, which means he wasn't practicing. You know, they, they Cliff Kingsbury said it's precautionary. But as we know, don't want to see our running backs in walking boots. Right. He's in a body cast, but it's uh, precautionary. So don't worry. Yeah. He's, totally he's in a 10 year coma, but it's uh, he'll be fine. He's not really it doesn't it doesn't really reflect on the seriousness of the concussion. Um, I've actually read, though, somewhere that they used to do this just to like keep all the weight off the joint, because when you're a walking boot, you can't bend the ankle and it's good for it if it's sore at all. Mm-hmm. So it really might be precautionary. It's. You know, it's just that reporting we have now is just very vague. There really should be somebody talking to Kenyon Drake and saying, well, what happened? What was the cause of this? And uh, Jerry Donabina had a funny tweet. He said they're really confusing the word of precautionary. Precautionary would be putting him in the walking boot before he got hurt. It's right. cautionary because he's already hurt. But uh, we really just don't get good info on it because nobody's really reporting anything except like the end result. They're not asking about it. Well, and they're not pressing these coaches on it. They're not like, well, what do you mean? It's not serious. It's not a big deal. Like, how did he hurt it? We get these very vague details and nobody really wants to report on it. And uh, so we're just kind of guessing. But I've heard it can go both ways. It could be nothing. I mean, like life, it can go both ways, more than two ways even. Uh, however, uh, there is a tweet from Kenyon Drake himself. Oh, there he, you go. Horse's mouth. And he goes, was in a walking boot around this time last summer, too. Just trying to stay consistent. No worries. I'm good. Well, that's good. So that, I mean, but yeah, I'd still downgrade him a little bit off of this. I have right. to. It's, a little. it's worse than having, you know, not having a walking boot, right? My, other people don't have any walking boot. No yeah. one's just doing it, you know, it's going to make a joke. No one's just doing it for their health, but actually that's, you are doing it for your health. <laughs> Literally for your health. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Um, but, that saying doesn't really apply here. So where are, where, what's your rank on him? Let's just say in a, in a full point PPR league. I got him at 14, but I'm going to move him to 13 right ahead of Eckler. So I have him lower than most anyway. 
Same with Eckler, for that matter. I think you do. Yeah, I have Eckler lower than most also. I, I mean, Eckler, you know, I have him for like 160 carries or something. I don't, I don't know how many carries he's going to get. And I'm not confident that no one's come out and said, you know, he's going to be a 250 carry back. And given his, you know, body mass index, I don't, I don't think it's unlikely he'll be a 250 carry back. Let me throw something else at you, though. Uh, Mike Williams sprained shoulder. Isn't it possible he, you know, a couple of those, you know, you know, they're not the same patterns, obviously, but just total targets to go around, maybe more go to the backs. Yeah, I don't, I mean, there's a finite amount of plays and I guess if one of your key guys is out, but he really is a downfield threat and red zone threat and they just run out of options. Like, okay, I guess we've got to dump it to Eckler again. I, I wouldn't really affect Eckler with the Mike Williams news. I think they're just so different. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Mike Williams news sprained shoulder, uh, week to week is the d- diagnosis with him. Kind of problematic. Yeah. I mean, I downgrade him way down to like 60th or something. I mean, it, it you were above the pack on him too beforehand. So that's the thing that hurts. Yeah. I was way above the pack. Uh, and I, cause I liked him. I just like the talent. And I, for me, the talent is the more important thing than the situation. If, as long as he's getting targets, which I thought he would, but, um, yeah, I mean, why, why take a chance on somebody who's already in a, in a sketchy situation now that they're hurt too. It's just not worth it. There's so many guys that you can make a case for that could have a breakout if X, Y, or Z happens. Why, why bother with it? Right. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, man, it hurts. I have, cause I already have them in a lot of places, Chris. So I, I you know, I got them in the beach of Erickson the other day uh, on Friday. I mean, on Thursday night, thought that was, I thought it was a pretty good pick when I got him. I, I, I was with you. I was kind of above the pack. I see the logic in favor of him. You know, he, I think he got held back by his quarterback last year. Think that he was going to. He's the type of guy that can kind of, you know, create his own separation. He's not as timing based as say Keenan Allen. So you don't need you know that chemistry that you had with that Allen and and Philip Rivers had. Not that he can't develop that chemistry, but you know what I'm saying. Like he he could, he creates his own separation. So that that kind of made him more valuable in my eyes. Yeah, he he did right. He could just get he could get open. He didn't need. To be schemed open, he was a big physical receiver that, per play numbers, red zone numbers, his second year and last year he didn't get a lot of touchdowns. But I think that was more fluky and also a little bit on Rivers. But mm-hmm. I liked him. But I mean, there's so many guys in that range now around you know 60th that have a upside case that it's just it's just no point in getting a guy who you don't even know if he's healthy for week one. Right. So you know Williams. I mean, he was. He was like wide receiver forty something uh, before. He was you know, higher than that even. He he was wide like receiver 34. fifty, and now he's going to go down to sixty or so. Yeah, well, I now have him at sixty, but I had him at like thirty four. Yeah, yeah, that stinks, man. That that's like the yeah. That, that's and I think you know I I was above ADP on him too, so I could I could have possibly even waited and still gotten him, but so it goes. Uh, that stinks. Uh, but anyways, so that that's uh, that's a big news item that that's been going around. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best Zero Percent Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Uh, Joe Mixon missed practice today. Uh, it was considered a minor injury. I'm going to treat it as such until I see otherwise. I haven't seen any other details on that yet. Uh, just a minor unspecified injury. Yeah, I mean, what's there to say about it? By the way, Jeff, you're up in the Vegas League. Oh, I'm up. I didn't get the notifications. Yeah. It just happened. Yeah, you got his. Yeah, well, I just thought, well, yeah, you got five hours and 55 minutes left, so six hour picks. So here's who's gone McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Henry. I took Chubb. It's a non PPR, so I took Chubb fifth. Camaro went sixth. Cook went seventh. 
Who are you going to take? Uh, let me pull it up. I, I, I stalling I, the whole draft, Jeff. I am. I'm totally stalling, and it's selfishly so. So it's a debate between Mixon and Josh Jacobs. So this is really kind of putting to test right now. Right, exactly. Here we go. <laughs> Are you moving him down a little bit? Because and this is no. It's not even half point. It's no point PPR. It's not, no PPR. Yeah, no PPR that, that's at why all. I took Chubb. I mean, you know, Henry went fourth because it's just like, well, I just want a guy who gets yards and touchdowns. Right. Um, and it's a twelve team. We're not fourteen like we usually do in Vegas. So that actually makes it a little bit better. But you know what? I I want to get a little Josh Jacobs in my life. He's gonna be my pick. Ah, taking Jacobs. We'll do it so the next guy can go. I'll talk. I'll I'll filibuster while you make that pick. So no no thoughts on Michael Thomas is interesting. And in non PPR, I just don't care about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is just a guy in non PPR to me. Non PPR, I wouldn't even love Michael Thomas mid second. I'd be like, eh, maybe. But Michael Thomas is a sucker play in non PPR. His value is just because it's so money in the bank. Those 120 catches he can get. Yeah. He 149 last year, but 120 is enough. You know, and but take out the PPR, it's like what he's going to eight touchdowns and thirteen hundred fifty yards. No way in the first round do I want that. Yeah, I'm looking at the other. So our Vegas league, uh, we usually do two live drafts in Vegas, like fourteen team leagues, and obviously we didn't do our Vegas trip this year. So Peter put together a bigger set of leagues, and it's five twelve team leagues. One of the leagues is through pick ten now. Michael Thomas went at pick ten. One's through pick twenty one. Ooh, you're right. What's that? Whose league is that? Vidara league. Go for Go Vidara guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, interesting to see the results. Thomas went eight in one league, 10 in another untaken so far in ours. We're not the last uh, league though. We're actually, we're still, we're, there's, we're ahead of at least one league, at least in terms of pace. I made my pick in five minutes. I feel I'm, I'm at peace with myself on that. Yeah, you should be. Uh, so you took Josh Jacobs at pick eight. So someone's going to take Mixon. I'm curious where Thomas goes. I no part of him. I'd, I'd rather have Devonte Adams, I think, or it's close because touchdowns. I mean, you uh, seriously downgrade all. I mean, the the I'm using the phone app for this one here, just because it's I can use draft. You know, draft only my own team mode and all that. And because it's a slow draft, who knows when I'll be up? When I'll be making my picks. Uh, so, but anyways, uh, in the app, and I know you don't always do the algorithm for the app, but. Uh, I don't what, ever do the algorithm for the app. So right. I, I, I do not, I do not stand by the mixed rankings. I stand by the by position rankings. Gotcha. Uh, Michael Thomas is 17 overall, which is why I say that. So that's right though, but that is correct. Then the algorithm's doing a good job of reflecting my views in non PPR. So look at this. So Julio Jones went next, which is kind of crazy to me. And then Clyde Edwards Hilaire went I picked 10. Oh, wow. They were flying now. Yep. Julio at nine, that ahead of any other wide receiver. That's, Top receiver. Interesting. He's I not like a it. touchdown guy either. I don't like it. No, I like it because it's different, and it also opens up something else. I like it, for, not from a, I think it was a good pick like it. I like it because they did it. Yeah, I like that they did it and that they're in my league. Yeah. <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an interesting one too because I do think a lot of his value is based on his, his pass-catching ability. Yeah, it is. But he could be like a Kareem Hunt, like his rookie year, still a monster even though, you know, just not, it, it'll get enough. I think that's a fine pick. Um, I'm very curious round two. I've got a guy in mind. I'm wondering if he'll be there for me, but uh, there'll be, there'll be choices here in this 12 teamer. I think receivers are just going to be devalued extremely in this non PPR though. Yeah. And I think that's a reminder. Know your setup, know your, know your league rules. Now we still have to draft draft three receivers in a flex. So structurally it's, it does, doesn't totally devalue wide receivers, but the, the lack of PPR definitely does. At least compared to, and what it does do is it boosts like the, you know, the Derrick Henrys of the world. Uh, you know, the guys that would have been hurt in PPR leagues, but definitely don't get hurt here. And like the next tier of running backs too. Yeah, it it boosts the yeah the, certainly the non pass catching running backs, Jordan Howards, guys like that too. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, it boosts the big play wide receivers, the Deshaun Jacksons. And even the, well, it would have been Mike Williams before he got hurt, mm-hmm. but it boosts guys who can get touchdowns and big plays in yardage, but they're not like the dink and dunkers, right? The dink and dunkers are annoying. I mean, like it, it's, you have to pay up for Michael Thomas. You have to pay up for, um, you know, the guys that just, you know, Robert Woods, like Robert Woods is like crossed off my list in a league like this. Yeah. 
Well, that's handy. It's good to know that, you you know, again, you know somebody's going to take him and you're not going to want him. So that works out pretty well for you. Yeah, he doesn't exist. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, very good. Well, uh, I predict that you're going to end up with Jonathan Taylor with your next well, pick. Well, you, you picked you pick three picks before me, so I can't control that. That's true. But I, yeah, I'm assuming I won't take him, but we'll see. I, I'm assuming I'll have someone above. Well, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor or Kenyon Drake right now in a standard league? Kenyon Drake may not be around. Right. Hey, I'm just saying, if I put, get put to the test on those guys or Miles Sanders, I don't know. It's a good question. I know I mean, Mixon you, and Aaron Jones tool. won't be there. That's all I no, really know. They won't be there, Mixon and Aaron Jones. Sanders would be an interesting call. Uh, Drake, I wouldn't take Eckler. Taylor, I would take for sure. Um, I'm looking at the other ones. I mean, if someone leaves Tyree Kill for me, I don't think they will, but I'll snap call that. <laughs> Just like, give me Tyree Kill, big play guy in, in round two. Tyree um, Kill or Devontae Adams in this format? Adams. Yeah, me too. I don't know, actually. I, I really, but Adams is such a touchdown guy. Joe Bartle has two picks between now and my pick, next pick, though, so there's no way he's coming to me. Oh, you're the Packers guy. Yeah. So, I, I and not to say he's not, he's not, he's incapable of, uh, being not being biased, but I don't think that's an unbiased selection, though, either. You take him at 14 in a standard league, makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, oh, Adams at 14 is fine. Yep. Um, I mean, I think guys like A.J. Brown move up. I should have A.J. Brown ahead of Julio Jones in this format. It's funny, I'm just looking at that. Galladay moves up. Yep. Shark, Metcalf, Mike Evans are all a little bit better in a, in a uh, standard. Indeed. Indeed. Hey, uh, before we move on, quick note from uh, our sponsor, Dynasty Owner. If you've been looking for a new challenge, consider playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Leagues are forming now. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky. If you're like Chris Liss and know you're better than most, in fact, insist that you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap and adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss, and we've been talking a number of different issues so far. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your guy, Ronald Jones. Had the dropsies. Uh, has had a, had a couple of good catches Monday, uh, which is today, and, and this morning's practice. But, you know, overall, the last couple of days, they, they've mentioned his struggles in the passing game. Yeah, I mean who knows, you know, like whether it's, Oh no, they're soured for good on him. They need to get a good in the field at third down. So they're like, all right, let's see if he responds well. And he did. And it's over. I have no idea what they're thinking. Um, it's just one of those things where we talked about this on the XM show. There's some guys who are just naturally athletic at all sports. And there's some guys who are just big fast and can make a cut and run, right? There's guys who are basically track athletes that, got pushed in, you know, we were strong who can play football. And there's guys who played baseball, football, basketball, tennis, whatever, growing up and are just good at sports. And it seems to me like, you know, Marshall Falk seems to be like one of those guys who was good at sports. And Adrian Peterson seems like one of those guys who probably would have just been a track guy if football didn't exist, you know, just a big, strong, fast guy. Who's not super coordinated, didn't play a lot of stuff, you know? So I don't know. I could be making that up. I'm not necessarily sure about their histories, but there's guys who were just like, good eye hand coordination guys. And there's guys who are just physical athletes and the NFL has both. Right. I think when you, when you're looking at running backs, the guys who catch passes and run routes and have that sort of innate understanding are the, you know, the, the guys who played all the sports as kids, you know, the guys who just are, they have the eye hand. They could probably play basketball. They play anything. They're not just like bigger, faster and stronger than you. Right. And just got to realize everything is on like an intense level too. You know, it's just like you're at the NFL level. It's just getting to there in the first place. You know, the you know Ronald Jones would be a great pass catcher compared to college players. Compared I to, I don't know though. I don't know about that. That that so that's where I like. 
I kind of feel like there's like a physical ability level that just is a cutoff in the NFL, like below yeah. being a certain type of athlete. You just like, you know, I could not be in the NFL no matter what I did. Cause I just not big and fast enough for my size. Right. So it's like, all right. I, so, so to, to get to the NFL, you need to be just a physical specimen first, but then I kind of feel like there's a, just as much variety in like the eye hand coordination. You know, some of these guys are DBs cause they can't catch, right. They can't catch a pass. So they're, they're DBs. They can cover. They're super fast and athletic, but they can't be wide receivers. And I think some of the running backs are just like, you can hand them the ball and they can just, you know, run someone over or run away from someone. But the whole like touch of catching the ball and slick route running is, is not them. Like Peterson is just never able to do it. Yeah. Or never. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's just, I also think the threshold for being what is actually good and competent is just so high. Also, I think that that's kind of my point. I, I'm positive. I could catch the ball better than Brandon Jacobs. Like I was okay. watching games. Well, that, that, was like that, that one's feet. fine. I'll give you that. He was six, four two fifty, and like ran a four, four, but that guy would be like four feet from Eli and get like a gentle pass into his hands and he would drop it. But I, I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that, whether just like the guy who catches, you know, Peterson caught 40 passes one year with Minnesota. I mean, they all can catch, but catching up a, a little pass as a running back is easy. Like the average person who played pickup football a lot when he was a kid can catch that pass. Right. I mean, it's not like, and so when a guy, obviously they have that basic level cause they just practice it till they can do it. But like when you're looking at like Marshall Falk running around or Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, it's like those guys were not, they're like, they're athletes. Like those, not just, ath- not just physical athletes, but they're like coordination athletes. Sure. And, and I, I feel like, you know, it's not, Adrian Peterson works harder than anybody. Like the guy is, his whole career he came back from an ACL nine months after it and got 2000 yards, but he just, I'm sure he worked on his pass catching. He just wasn't good at it. Yeah, that's true. I know he's terrible at pass blocking too. I know that's another thing. I just assumed like, and maybe that's on that's my that's that's my fault. That's my bias is that I just assumed that was not a priority for him because he was so good at everything else. I mean, who knows? Back then, you know, at his peak, they didn't emphasize it quite as much, but he did catch passes, and I'm sure he worked at it. I'm sure coaches worked with him. It's just some guys are naturals and some guys aren't, and I, I think some of it's just I don't. I could be totally wrong. It might be that you might be right that every running back or every cornerback can catch passes better than like the best guy in your, you know, pickup game. But why? I mean, if, if I'm drafting a quarterback and he's runs a four, three and he's, you know, stays, you know, just a total dog who doesn't give up an inch and physical and tough. Like, so what if he can't catch, you know, like, I mean, you'd like him to be able to, but and then you have like a Deion Sanders who like, will like run the route and catch it over his shoulder, like a wide receiver. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that's, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you're, you're probably onto that. So, like, who, what other running backs do you really think have that exquisite pass casting ability? I mean, it's probably the obvious ones like Kamara and McCaffrey and Barkley. And yeah, I don't know that Drake does. Drake certainly can, he certainly can catch and he has a very good moves in the open field. Sanders? Um, uh, Miles Sanders, I had, I, I can't really remember watching that much of him, but like by all accounts, he was, that was what he did last year really well. Um, yeah. Miles Sanders would be one. Mixon has gotten good reviews. Eckler is one. Mixon's gotten good reviews, but they've never used him that heavily as a receiver. Right. Partially because they had Giovanni Bernard. Uh, but you know, he was a good pass catcher in college too. I think he's pretty close. I mean, I think Bernard's a better pass catcher, but I think that Mixon is good enough and he's a better runner. So he still gets, he gets that. I mean, thing about Mixon is, and I, I could have easily taken him in this draft too, is that he, he's on the field like all the time. Uh, and that the thing is, this is this is potentially a contract year for him too. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think Mixon's a fine pick, and Burrow apparently is a lot of hype about him, and looks like he's the real deal, and that'll improve the offense. So, other guys, uh, Tariq Cohen is pretty good. And then uh, Naeem Hines apparently isn't that good. He just runs like a four three nine. He's so fast that I don't I don't know if he's actually a deft pass catcher. Aaron Jones is one. Tom Kessnick was on the XM show saying yep. they should use him like Alvin Kamara, and it's a good idea. James White's pretty good, obviously. 
Duke Johnson. Wait, wait. Is, Tom Kesnick was making a, a point in favor of Aaron Jones? Yeah. Well, he wasn't in favor. He was actually <sighs> in favor Unbelievable. of like, he was saying if you have A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams, you're better off using Aaron Jones as the Camara and giving him 180 carries and 80 catches than, you know, making him the workhorse, which makes sense. Uh, Duke Johnson's apparently pretty good. Kareem Hunt's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I'm going down a little bit lower. Duke Johnson, Johnson is elite as far as that goes. His underuse last year was criminal. But yeah, guess what? Jones. It's yeah, going to happen again this year. Yeah, exactly. He's on the same team. Same team. And not only that, but they brought in David Johnson. And David Johnson's a pass catcher. And, you know, they want to they justify that trade. Yeah, I, I know. It's, uh, it's not great. It's not, not ideal. Not at all. Not at all. So that, that's a big mess. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Um, moving on, let's talk a little Rams. Darrell Henderson got hurt in the scrimmage on Saturday. They, they hope he's ready for week one, but hamstring injury, this is not good. You know, any, any leg injury like that with a running back, you, you have to get worried. And, yeah, it's just lousy, lousy rotten timing, too. Yeah, it sucks. I have a share of him, and um, I I like him the little bit that I saw him play last year. He was very explosive. Mario Puig liked him, I think, last year coming out of college. And I was I thought you know he could be the steal where you know Cam Akers is the rookie and, and Henderson surprisingly gets the bulk of the work. But this is a bad setback. It's just it's just the timing's bad. Everything's bad about it. So it is what it is. I downgraded him into the fifties also. Yeah, I think you probably should and. Too bad. Uh, lousy, rotten timing for me. That more importantly. Oh, 43. I made him 43. Yeah. It's more important that it was lousy, rotten timing for me that I, that I drafted on Thursday night before he got hurt. Just awful. I'm the victim here. Sorry. I, have to, I had to channel my inner list. Yeah. You are the victim. I'm, I'm sympathetic. Yes. I can tell. You're oozing, oozing sympathy. Yes. All right. Uh, quick note from FanDraft. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with FanDraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts and by exporting the display via projector onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. It can also be used fully online, and any number of your league owners can join the draft remotely. You can perform both traditional and auction-style drafts. FanDraft also supports IDPs, rookie-only drafts, keepers, and just about any customization to meet your league's requirements. You can sign up for a free trial account at FanDraft.com. When you're ready to order the pro account, make sure to use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com, and use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15%. I did the, uh, Chris, I alluded to this earlier. I did the beach F Erickson draft. We kind of went over this on the XM show, but Hey, uh, this is great content. Let's do it again. Um, I had the number two pick. So easy, easy first de- decision. Although now maybe not as much Saquon Barkley. Uh, I took after uh, McCaffrey went, uh, Barkley was a little limping at the end of practice today. Would you still take him again right now? Know what you know now? Probably. And a full point PPR, probably. I think there's a big gap between Barkley and Elliott or whoever's three. I actually would take Camara three and a full PPR. Yeah, I could see it. Um, yeah, I, I could I could see that. Interesting that Edwards Hilaire went four in this draft. Uh, that, I could see taking him three too. Yeah. I, I don't think I think Elliott Camara Edwards Hilaire, that that's the choice at three. Three through five as the top five are clear now in my mind. And then six, you got another choice. Six is where the draft starts, you know, and it, it's kind of, it used to be five. Now it's six, you know, cook before he d- expressed his discontent with his contract was in that five. And then he got of got pushed down a little bit. Now he's kind of coming back up cause he's in camp. There's some rumblings that, Hey, they, they better get this done before season starts or there could be problems. But that was just, well, that was also from Adam Schefter. I don't know if it's cause he's piped in with sources or he's, he's doing his own speculating. I would assume the latter. Yeah, me but too. You never know. Um, I mean, look, I, I kind of agree with them. I mean, I just you don't want a guy who's not happy in a coronavirus year where they're going to be asking more of these guys. They're asking these guys to. It's not going to be a bubble, but there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be restricted for them to do their jobs. And a lot of other people are 
well, at least in Portugal, the U.S. is probably still much more strict. But here, like, people are doing their thing. They're going to restaurants. They're going to the beach. Um, they're not asked to be so restrictive. You put a mask on when you go indoors into a restaurant or into a shop. But these players are going to be tested a lot. They're going to be restricted. They're taking a risk. Right. And he's not getting paid. And he's obviously taking all the normal risks, which are much higher than normal people take, which is getting a concussion, getting a you know serious damage to your body. Which has never happened to Dalvin Cook before. Oh, wait, it's happened of course, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he's never been hurt. So the problem, and then the problem is, you know, as we said, like if he's got a minor injury, does he really say, look, I'm going to need three weeks to heal. I'm not going to play through this and risk making it worse on the eve of free agency. Why would you? Oh, do it for the team, man. Why? The team's not paying you. You know, there's not giving you, uh, they're not doing it for you. It's a, there's no team. They've made it clear that you and the team do not have the same interest at heart. Okay. Well, they made that clear than what happens on the other side of that. So, um, I agree. I, I don't want to really draft guys who were underpaid and not happy about it. Now, Camara is really the poster child for that because he's even more valuable and the saints are even more of a contender with a narrower window. So he's got leverage and he's still not gotten paid, but he just doesn't seem to uh, really be complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I haven't heard it. I haven't heard Mixon complain. I've heard speculation that he, he really wants the extension, but I haven't heard the same complaints. There's, I mean, let's face it. This is just this is a running back issue, and it's going to be you know McCaffrey got his, Henry got his. Although some people argue he he his deal wasn't great, but that's that's. But the point is, some guys have gotten their contracts. Some are Eckler still waiting. Got paid. Yeah, Eckler got paid. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would. Yeah, I mean, there may be something out of the blue where you draft Kamara and like he has a minor injury or some guys on the team test positive. And, and I, I, by the way, I have no inside information at all. I'm just making this up. Yes. But you know, someone like Kamara or Mixon who hasn't complained or Aaron Jones, who's all in the same boat. And they're like, ah, I'm going to wait a bit. I'm going to, you know, and people are like, wait, what the hell? I drafted this guy in, you know, fifth overall. Like why? But like they're getting a million bucks a year. These guys, they're not getting the 15 mil, the life changing. I mean, millions, good money, but 15 is like, okay, now I can set myself up, my family up. That's good. Right. 15. Then I'll be one, able to retire someday off of this money. They're right. not at that point yet. Right. One, I mean, and, you know, it's nice, but, you know, if you want to live in a small town, maybe you could retire. But, you know, 15 is like the money that's like, okay, I'm, I'm good. Um, and there's a big difference. These guys are making a million a year for the, you know, it's their fourth year now. And so, you know, they're going to be free agents. Someone like Kamara is going to get paid. Aaron Jones probably get paid. Cook, even if he stays healthy, will get paid. But you got a minor injury that can be made worse, and you're risking your future. And there's COVID. I mean, that that so th- there could be a risk that comes out of nowhere, so to speak. That there's a guy like Mixon, or especially Kamara, hasn't made a peep about the contract, and all of a sudden they're like, uh, "Yeah, I think I'm just going to take my time on this one." Yeah, I, I can't say I blame him at all. Uh, you know, and, and especially in a salary cap era, you know, where you know we saw with the Vikings. When things get close to the cap, all these defensive players left. You know, it was, they had to they had to let guys go. You know why? Because they're they're paying Kirk Cousins. You know, they they other positions get paid. Running backs don't. Right. It's really crazy, like how much Cousins makes versus Cook. Right, and the quarterback is more important. But like, it really is like a mirror of society where it's like some people are just getting so much money. Uh, there's a <laughs> There's a, there's a great clip I tweeted out this, uh, you know, Dave Portnoy, the Barstool sports guys is basically like, it's like, it's mocks. He's like mocking Warren Buffett saying stocks always go up. I just buy stocks. And obviously everyone knows that's ridiculous, but it's like performance art or something, but it's such a commentary on like society. Like the fact that like, yeah, like for a lot of people, they just, they're just getting rich doing nothing. And then everyone, and then everyone else is like killing themselves to make money. And uh, it's just like that in the NFL. It's like the running backs getting concussed, getting the crap beat out of them. The quarterback's got all these rules. Can't touch the quarterback, can't breathe on the quarterback, mm-hmm. gets paid all the money. And, it, you know, it's just like a, a mirror of that. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but I really think that that they've got to have a different, you know, setup for running backs where, okay, there's a year on the rookie contract and year two you renegotiate. It's just it's got to be like that. But there never will be because the teams are like, hey, why why should we change? It's not my problem. Well, it's the players. You know, it's, it's it's honestly the quarterbacks and you know everybody else that have to say, look, let's recognize that not everybody 
we can't just have a collective bargaining agreement where everybody's subject to the exact same salary structure. The positions are not equal. They do not have equal length of career. They don't take the same amount of beating. Their, their prime years are not the same. They don't overlap. Quarterbacks' prime years are you know 26 to 32 or something, right? I mean, they can be prime right away, but they get better, and they have a longer peak, whereas the running back's prime years are right when he sets foot on the, on the field. Right. So, you, running you back's like a years. car. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a car. Exactly. It's, it's the second you put it off the lot, it's half the price. You know, it loses, well, not half, 20% of the value. And so these guys give the best years up for the least money, and they're only the very few, and especially as analytics get more developed and teams start to realize, oh, you don't pay Derrick Henry after all this wear and tear when he doesn't catch passes. Um, they're going to get, they're going to be more and more that get left out in the cold. Right. Oh, and we're not going to, don't take that running back in the first round. You can always get some, you know, you get similar value in the second or third. And, you know, the, you know, what goes with that is a much smaller rookie contract too. But the thing is you, the only reason you can do, you can just kind of like let all that go is because there's always like, because the running backs are so cheap, but let's say if after one year, your running back got expensive, got, you know, market value running back. He has one year of team control rookie d- deal, then there'd really be no cheap running back to fall back on. Right. Cause like the other reason why you don't right, this twofold, you don't pay the Dalvin cook or whatever, because Dalvin cooks used up his best years already. You let him go and you draft somebody who's going to be dirt cheap for four years. Who's right. totally fresh and you can get him in the third round. So it's not even that expensive. So I don't see a way around that. I don't see how like, well, here's the way, here's the way around it. You just let them, you give them one year of, of control and then teams have to draft a, you know, an unproven rookie or get a guy who's still in his peak. Yeah. But my point is like, so what are the players going to offer to get this? Because this isn't a negotiation. You can't just say it should be this way. I mean, well, it's going to have to wait for the next CBA, which is a long way away. Yeah. No, I mean, they they may be able to, I mean, it's not, it's never going to happen because no other positions are going to give up their money. And then the other can of worms is like, well, it's not just running backs and quarterbacks. Those aren't the only two positions. There's obviously many gradations in between of like defensive tackles and linebackers and the durations of those careers too. They're all a little bit different. But the point is the QB should be under control for five years if you wanted to. I mean, they could all just be free agents from their rookie year and just say it's a big free-for-all. But point is, if you want to have control and the veterans, it's really the veteran players screwed over the younger guys. They don't want to be you know, kicked to the curb, the veterans. So they, they, make these, they, want, they agree to these rookie, cat, these rookie deals because they're the bosses of the, the players. This happens in every players. walk of life. Yeah. yeah. So the I wouldn't, It's the not even just sports. It's yeah, everything. Sports. Of course. So the, the veterans who are in charge, like the players association, all of a sudden, they're, they're the ones saying, well, yeah, we have a five years before you get to negotiate and all this stuff. Because if they didn't, if guys came in on the open market and then, the, then, and there's a salary cap that that's coming out of the veterans pockets, right? It's mm-hmm. happened in baseball, basically, right? The, the teams are just paying these guys, buying out their arbitration years and they're leaving these veterans who are free agents unsigned. Right. The guys who are post arbitration have to be amazing players to get a decent deal. Same concept of tenure in you know, you know, various professions. You know, totally. You, teaching, uh, you know, the attorney world, uh, governmental world, all these things. You know, you get that tenure, you're you're locked in. You're it's hard to get rid of you. And say if there are cutbacks, the first to go are the it's it's you know it's first in you know last in first out. It's lifo. And who cares if they're the more productive ones? That's just the way it is. Sorry, kid. So I don't know if you do this, but Heather and I both independently do this. But at the airport, do you constantly rack your brain whether the luggage is LIFO or FIFO? Yes. Like, yeah. So when you're I'm sitting like- in the plane, you're looking at it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then, you, you know, you have to go, OK, well, it went onto the chute and then onto another, you know, it, then it went into a truck and then onto the plane. You know, and then was there another step, intermediate step? Because every time it flips it. I think it's lifo, and we're saying last in, first out, first in, first out. I, 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 but there, yeah, there is some randomness. It gets shuffled a little bit, like a deck of cards. But in general, I think the earlier you check, the your it could last be philo. Like, it could be first in, last out. Yeah, no, I think that's right. No, that is well, that's lifo. Last in, first out, first in, last out. Yeah, but I, I like it. Is, I like kind of mixing it up. Yeah, but yes. Yeah. But anyway, so you think about it. yeah, we're thinking about that anyway. Yeah, uh, it's. It's really crazy. I understand why people want to have like the made guys, like, you know, to use the mob uh, version of it, because it gives you something to like, okay, if I get to hear that I'm good and even rookies 
want that sense of like, well, I, if I could just get to here, I'm set. But in pro sports, it's even worse because if you're the top prospect or the number one pick or a top you know, quarterback, then if you're Kyler Murray or whatever, it's like, well, you know, you basically, or Joe Burrow, you should be, well, they're already set because the quarter, even the rookie quarterbacks get paid pretty well, the top ones. But it used to be that Sam Bradford would get like 50 something million guaranteed just, you know, out of the, out of the draft. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like, okay, well now I don't care if I'm a made guy or not later in life because I'm, I'm good now. Uh, but you know, a lot of the other positions don't get paid as much. So it's like, okay, if I can get here, then I'm a made guy, but it does distort things. And, it, and there's a finite amount of money and you're basically, it's kind of theft, right? You're, you're stealing from somebody whose value is high and giving it to somebody who's been around a while. Yeah. I mean, the counter argument is, and this we're getting getting a little far afield, but let me just say it, and then we'll move on. Uh, that you know, in a profession, you know, you may have passed up other opportunities, you know, that because you knew you're working towards a ten year track, and the reward would be there. You know, attorneys, they, like for instance, my wife works for the city of Los Angeles, and you know, she gets benefits, she but she gets a pension at the end of the day too. But as a you know, she could have worked for a private firm and made more money up front. But so there's a trade-off there. And then there's also like quality of life issues and all that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you can see why it exists. But yes, it's uh, it, when, when times are tough, it can be awfully unfair. Right. And also, like, you can't, it's hard to change the rules midstream, right? right. Like, say, well, okay, you, you did this, but actually you don't get a pension anymore because you're too expensive. You're gone. Right. So, but you can't pretend like things started day one. And in the case of like the NFL, which is not really the case now, but like, you know, guys who played in the sixties and seventies, some of those guys built the league, you know I mean? Right. Fifties, forties. I mean, guys built the league. So it's like, well, it only exists because you did it earlier. And so now you're getting rewarded, but now like the league is pretty much built. There's no one player that, you know, is instrumental in building the league. Maybe the NBA still has the magic and Larry, Michael Jordan, guys like that. But in the NFL, like, it would be pretty much what it is. By the way, we got a little bit of breaking news. Tyrell Williams has a torn labrum in his shoulder. So yeah. He's not a pitcher. He's not a pitcher. He doesn't want to have surgery. He's going to play through it, but you know, he's going to take a few weeks off to treat the injury. I mean, he's toast. I got to downgrade him. I mean, downgrade him, download him. I got to downgrade him. I mean, like severely, you can't draft him now. Yeah. Let's talk more about that. As, yeah. And let's talk about the ramifications of that real quick. Uh, but before we do that, quick note from underdog, say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money. Underdog fantasy with underdog. All you need is the fun part draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it and wait for the winnings to come in this year. They have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the Best Ball Mania for a chance at $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. So, Tyrell Williams got, got the torn labrum in his shoulder. You have to downgrade him a little bit. That also means you probably have to upgrade other Oakland wide receivers. Whether it's uh, you know the two rookies, Rugs uh, and Edwards, or maybe you want to bump up Hunter Renfro again after he was starting to drop off. Three. I bumped up all three. I'm doing it right now. Uh, I moved Henry Ruggs to 48th. I could maybe move him even higher, uh-huh. just behind Preston Williams. So I also bumped up because he's getting a lot of hype in camp. Um, Brian Edwards was 65. I'll put him at like 58. I mean, I think it's going to be those three. It's going to be Renfro, Edwards, and and rugs. I mean, that's, that's going to be the offense. That's going to be the pass catchers. I think you're right. Uh, Waller also benefits too. Yeah, Waller's going to be huge. Yeah. But I have Waller. And Jason Witten. Come on. Jason Witten's going to benefit. Oh, come on. Yes, I think he's going to have his best year. Uh, but yeah, that's so that that's it. Uh, but yeah, I think all those guys do go up a little bit. Uh, and it's funny, I think in an XM show a couple of weeks ago, it was like, no one's talking about Tyrell Williams, but he's a starter. Well, now, now we don't have to talk about him. I mean, he just, that would just be a bad pick. Whenever you take someone like that, it's always a mistake. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's the 18th round. Yeah, it's just Tyrell Williams is just never going to be a high volume kind of stud player. I, you know, he had his chance in with the Chargers, and he was all right. He was an efficient receiver. He's a big guy, fast, made plays, but they just never. It's too late for him. 
And with Ruggs, who's the first receiver taking the draft, he could be a monster. With Edwards, who they're comparing to Devontae Adams, my favorite player, you know, he could be the, the leader in targets. Renfro could be the Jamison Crowder. You know, get, you know, 70 catches and just be really reliable PPR. You got three guys like that. I, I just don't see why you would have drafted Williams. And, and now I got Williams in the like 98th receiver. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I'm a little wary of Edwards just, hell, and Ruggs because of the rookie factor. But, I mean, both positive reports. But there's positive reports on everybody right now, Chris. It's very exactly. rare that you find negative reports on somebody. Although, I'll tell you one where you have, and that's Nikhil Harry. He had a good day I today. I got positive today. Got positive today. Positive today, but like he's been sitting out. And, you know, and one time he was like, you know, he was due to be in this drill, but he was sitting in the shade under a tree, exhausted or something. You know, Julian Edelman called him out, right? He said something like, "You got to, you got to show up," and all this stuff. And I was thinking, I mean, the guy who plays totally blacked out and concussed in the Super Bowl does have standing to call other people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play through <laughs> stuff. I mean, like if anybody could call you out, he's like, I didn't even, I wasn't even conscious when I was playing. You understand? I'd play through whatever. But uh, yeah, um, I think Harry, he had a good day. I I think he's pretty good. Maybe he has asthma or so. Who knows what he had? You know, why is he so tired? You know, maybe there's some issue with him. Yeah, but isn't that something that could surface again? Yeah, it could. It could. I mean, Belichick is not, he's not just going to, you know, play him because he invested in him, you know, with a high pick. Right. If anybody's got the cachet to, you know, dismiss that, it's Belichick. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't know what someone's dealing with too, with an injury. I mean, have you ever played like a sport with like a ankle issue or a knee problem or something just nagging you? It, it's tough. You know, it is. You don't know what these guys are dealing with necessarily. It's so easy to be like, this guy's soft. He won't play through this, but it, it's some things they are soft. Like, but I think most of these guys to get where they are, are pretty tough. And sometimes it's just like the body part or whatever just doesn't work. Yeah. Although I will say, it, it's it's unfair to the player, but it's not just us that thinks that. Sometimes it's the coaches that think that. It's the quarterback that thinks that. Uh, and you know what, whether it's fewer targets, fewer snaps. I mean, these things exist. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. It, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. If if they think that, right? They think he's soft. I don't know. I, I I just can't see him not getting an extended shot, and I would still draft him pretty aggressively. I got him like in forty five to fifty range because. Edelman to me is, is that's just, he's too old. And the Brady thing is, is over. And Edelman dropped a lot of passes last year. He's not even good anymore. Yeah, I'd and agree then you with got, that. And then you got, um, what do I have him? I have him at 53. Uh, and then you've got Sanu who's like borderline going to get cut, traded. No one's going to trade for Sanu's carcass at this point. They traded his and second then, round pick for him just last year though. I don't know why they did that. That was really weird. I mean, the Patriots are weird. I, I don't know. They must be cheating. I mean, I like Devin Asiasi, these guys, there's all these guys on their draft board. Not that I'm a college draft guy, but like they just draft strange players, Sony, Michelle, and they drafted Sony, Michelle. And then they drafted, uh, Nikhil Harry off over all those receivers. Like what are they doing? It's easy to say in retrospect, but still it's just weird. No, but Nikhil Harry was like, I saw the mocks. He was going there. I mean, he was, okay. Yeah. It over wasn't AJ like Nikhil Brown, Harry was just like, Oh, this is our secret sauce pick. And we have him above everyone. Else. It was an obvious first, like late for yeah. there's Terry Metcalf and I mean, sorry, Terry McLaurin and, uh, D, you know, and, uh, TK Metcalf and all those guys were just so much better, but we'll see. We don't really know that they're better. We, we know that Harry didn't really have a season last year. Well, that's just the thing. You're right. And McLaurin, he wasn't even the first Ohio state wide receiver drafted. Paris Campbell was, and Paris Campbell's having a great camp. Uh, now granted it's a camp again. And you know, all that comes with that, but I am, I, I, I wouldn't mind a few trips to Paris this year. Yeah. And, uh, well, let's keep your personal life out of it. I, what I, what I would say is that, um, I would draft him and, uh, I, he's actually underrated athletic freak. Right. Uh, you know, Metcalf is six, four, two thirty, and runs a four, three, one, four, three, three, something mm-hmm. like that. Campbell's six feet, two Oh five and runs a four, three, one, almost all the guys around four, three, which is elite, elite speed. Four, four is fast. Four, three is like, so seven guys. Real three. man does four point one seven, but that's all right. Four point one seven, yeah, that's like uh, I do that in the twenty, ball. maybe twenty, yeah, yeah. maybe I'm the ten. 
<laughs> you do the 30. But the point is, like, I think Usain Bolt would be like a 4.1 maybe. But, you know, these guys, these 4.3 guys are fast. And most of them are 5'10", 185. They're Tyreek Hill size, Deshaun Jackson size. But, you know, it's 6 feet 205 running a 4.31. You are, he's like, and all of the athletic, like, you know, the um, vertical leap and the broad jump, all the explosiveness metrics off the charts. So we'll see if this guy can play football, but if he can, uh, it's like a guy who's a, you know, sort of a different level athlete than most NFL players even. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's the crazy thing. We talked about scale earlier, Well, here, here you go. Here's that's, that's crazy fast. You know, the thing about Campbell is they didn't ask him to do much last year. I was talking with Chris Harris about this on his podcast. You know, they had him run a lot of bubble screens. They didn't have him run patterns, which was that a function of the offense and the bad quarterbacking, or is it a dis- lack of trust in his ability to run good routes? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He broke his hand. He was a rookie. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, and it was Jacoby Brissett was there. It was terrible. I, I, I'd probably just give him a pass like Harry, like it wasn't right. a non year for him. That, and they spent a second round pick on Michael Pittman, which is a little concerned too. It is. I mean, I think T Y Hilton is, long in the tooth. Like he's 31, but he's been beat up yeah. a little bit lately. And he, he may, you know, he had a calf injury last year, he had a minor hamstring this year. They may be turning over a new, you know, it'll be like rivers and Hilton this year. And then next year there'll be a new QB and a, it'll be Pittman and, and Campbell maybe. Yeah, that's right. So Taylor. Yeah, I think I think you're right about that. Actually, I think they did do, do that with that in mind. It's kind of like the uh, Ravens drafting J.K. Dobbins, knowing okay, he won't play a ton this year. He'll play, but we have Ingram for one more year, and then Ingram and may, and maybe Edwards will be gone. You know, but we'll have Dobbins, and then you know, yeah. the cycle continues. Yeah, I agree with that. So, all right. Um, anything else you want to cover before we sign off? No, I'm good, man. I feel like we got most of the stuff. All right, coming cool. up. Well, we're going to sign off for today. We got uh, Joe Bartle, Jake Letarski tomorrow. I'll have uh, guests from the industry on Wednesday, and we'll keep rolling this week here. Thanks again for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Thanks to Dynasty Owner for your sponsorship. Have a great day. Take care.